Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico. Gol. ¡Qué golazo de Bellerín! ¡Gol del Arsenal! ¡Gran gol de Bellerín 1-0! This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, a very special Arscast Extra. Oh, Ooh. incredible timing, the doors. Wow. Better answer it. Well, I think we better uh, put the music on. Yeah, put the music on. You're back. I'm back. Who was it? Uh, it was next door. They had some packages of, of mine. Okay. But it's interesting. This The man, we haven't really befriended him yet. He's, he's brand new, but I know he's an Arsenal fan because after the cup final, I saw him coming home in a shirt. So I really think we need to bond soon. Yeah, it would be good. Handy to have, uh, handy to have Arsenal supporting neighbours. And he probably doesn't even know that he's living beside... A man with a blog. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the thrill when he finds out. I know. But anyway, I was we were doing the welcome to the podcast, the FA Cup winning Arsecast, James. That was very good. Very enjoyable. Mm. Um, fun, fun weekend. And, you know, I know that people are going to rightly, in my opinion, give a lot of credit to the manager and the players for the way that they won that final. But I think people are overlooking a very important point. Go on. We started this podcast in January last year. Mm -hmm. Since then, we are unbeaten in the FA Cup. We've won two trophies. And I think on the balance, uh, in balance, we we deserve a bit of the credit also. I I think, I mean, I think, you know, I'm sure the likes of Arsene know that he, he, he owes it to us to a certain extent. He didn't say anything in the press conference, but I think... It was there in his eyes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm I'm figuring that our invitations to the uh, to the post game shenanigans and the parade and and you know the lauding of the people who who made a big contribution to winning the cup they must have been misplaced. That's the only thing I can think of. I can only assume so. They they got given to I don't know Machu Debushi or something instead. Yeah, yeah. What did he ever do to win the FA <laughs> Cup for Arsenal? Exactly. That guy. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, but listen, we don't need the credit. We we know in our hearts what we've achieved. Exactly, exactly. The the medals are 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 deep within our souls, buried, like far down. 
Far down. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk about the match, obviously, but we should talk about how, how it was for you uh, as an experience to work at the FA Cup final with one hand. Yes. How, how did that go? Because when we met on Friday night after our hugely successful uh, broadcast uh, experience live yeah. from the Tollington, which we I think... We broke the internet, didn't we? I think we've set new standards. Yeah, we really have. I mean, new lows, I think. Look, you know, this is a positive podcast. Let's let's <laughs> stick with everything going right. Um, you know, you, you, look, you, you were in some pain. I was in the pain, yep. I was in the pain, for those who don't know, and that's very few people because I've been sort of trying to gain as much sympathy from the internet as humanly possible. Have you had any deliveries of cakes and meals and that kind of thing? Not yet, but I've had a lot of tweets. So I reckon, you know, that's about the same, isn't it? Um, And I've broken my wrist. I mean, they say wrist, it's arm, really. The, the bones in my arm are broken, albeit near the hand. Right. Uh, um, so, yeah, it was interesting working. Pretty slow going, if I'm honest. Yeah. I'm not really getting the hand of this this typing with, with one hand thing. It's it's trickier than I had imagined. Mm. But um, nevertheless, I did not let that spoil my day. I had a terrific view of the game, and I was fortunate in that I was in the half of the press box that was the Arsenal end. So, you know, although I was technically there in a neutral capacity, I felt very much part of the whole thing. Yeah, we discussed this on Friday night where I, 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 I suggested that you celebrate well, listen, I was sat two rows behind Ian Wright and there was no decorum from him. Every goal, he was he was on his feet practically. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, listen, I, I mean, I, I tried to keep it down. The problem was I was sat next to a colleague who's an Aston Villa fan. So, you know, I felt pretty bad for him by the sort of third or fourth goal. First two, you know, I celebrated, but then after that I just sort of had to sort of pat him on the shoulder, but a, a, commi- a commiseration really yeah. for him. Yeah, I didn't feel bad for any of them. Even uh, Mrs. <laughs> Bloggs today was saying that she was, uh, they were watching the match in, in Edinburgh because uh, she was up there doing the marathon, which is where I went to after, after uh, on Sunday, after all the stuff and drinking and all that. But anyway, that's a different thing. But she was saying, oh, God, those poor little... Uh, Poor little kids, you know, they had like their funny hats on and they were just, they were just crying there. And I was going, well, you know, that's what you have to, uh, you have to learn as a football fan that there, there are highs and lows. And she said, but you know, when they're that small, it makes it so much more. And I said, funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, fuck them. Uh, We won the cup. Listen, if you will support Aston Villa. These are the risks you take, you know. This is this is very true. This is very true. So, look, the the Wembley experience slightly different when you're working the game, but I have to say, from a uh, from a jumping up and down in the stand perspective, it was fucking excellent. It really was. Yeah, yeah it really was. Um, and as much as last year was amazing to win something after so long, obviously, and all that pressure, uh, the the day itself, the game. Amazing to win, but not so much to endure, if you get me. Do you think you were able to enjoy it more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot more. Right. A lot more. Because, well, obviously, we played very, very well. Mm -hmm. Um, We scored some great goals. Uh, Probably the best FA Cup final goal of all time. I can't think of many better than that. There's the Di Matteo one, isn't there, where he cracked one in off the underside of the crossbar after about, 
what two or three minutes I don't know how it was really Less early in that, the game it was 30 seconds yeah, yeah. something like that uh, so that, that was a very very good goal and I'm sure there have been other good goals in cup finals that I haven't paid much attention to but from an Arsenal point of view it's got to be the best FA Cup goal we've ever scored and maybe the best FA Cup final performance certainly in my living memory um, to turn up and do what we did and the way we did it so comprehensively with so much uh, composure and maturity in the performance. Um, you know, you're always a bit worried when you go into a cup final and you saw the way we struggled against Reading, but this look, look, it just was a fantastic, fantastic yeah. performance. I mean, a lot of people criticised Aston Villa, I noticed in the media saying they didn't turn up, they didn't really perform. Maybe, but I just think we were so good that they couldn't live with us at all. Yeah. Uh, I just thought we were exceptional back to front, really. I was doing the player ratings and it was like, well, you can't fault them. To a man, they were mm. exceptional. Uh, I mean, everything really went to plan and it, you can definitely forgive some of the less impressive performances in the last few weeks of the Premier League season when in the game where it really matters, they put it together. Yeah. I thought it was just great to watch. It was it was fantastic. And obviously the um, the two big talking points before the game were who, who he was going to start in goal and who was going to play up front. And once more, I think we got them both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so our track record on this, a bit like winning the Cup for Arsenal, is 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I did say I think that I would have I would have gone Walcott, but I wasn't convinced that Arsenal would Yeah, well, that was the thing. We were trying to second-guess what he was going to do rather than what we might do ourselves. Um, yeah. It's difficult to second-guess him, clearly. But I thought, you know, both obviously... Paid off, didn't they? Paid dividends massively. Yeah, I mean, I know Chesney didn't have an awful lot to do, but I think in the early part of the game, there were some crosses that he came and he dealt with. It was the first one, wasn't it? He came out and he punched it and he sort of took Benteke with him. You know? Yeah. And it was really dominant. And, I, you know, I'm not sure David Espina necessarily would have acted in exactly the same way. And I think that sends a message. You know, I think that lays down a marker. And Chesney, from then on, everything he did, he did well. That said, I can't remember him making what you would qualify as a save. Well, that's because Aston Villa didn't have what you qualify as a shot. (laughs) Did did they actually have any? I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but... I I don't think so. I can't remember a single save from Chesney. I don't think so. I'm sure one of those stats apps will tell us. But I don't think they had a shot. He didn't have a save to make. Came and made some punches and caught a few balls. And, oh, yeah, I mean, he didn't have much to do. On the other hand, at the other end, Theo Walcott was... um, I'll have to admit, and I put it in the blog, I was just on the verge of wondering whether it was quite the right decision to make because... Maybe it's sort of ingrained into the way the team plays or or old habits die hard, something like that. But we did try and hit it forward long quite a bit Mm. at times. And when you've got a striker like Theo Walcott up front, that's not necessarily his game. He's not the guy who's going to hold it up. So I was beginning to wonder a little bit, even though a goal always felt inevitable from an Arsenal point of view, given how well we were playing. But uh, yeah, just when you're wondering, bang, what a goal. That's a fantastic finish. Um, There's one of the replays, you know, uh, where I think it's just behind Walcott and he's got given there. There's one of the defenders. I think it's Tom Cleverley or Alan Hutton. Alan Hutton. Imagine not fucking winning an FA Cup final in a team in which Alan Hutton is playing. (laughs) I I would have retired from fucking football if I was any of the Arsenal players and that had happened. 
Justifiably so. Jesus Christ, how the hell is he... What? How? I don't understand. Anyway, he sort of launched himself two-footed at the air to try and block the shot, and there was only a really small gap for him to fit that ball into, and bang, brilliant. Brilliant strike. He hit it so clean. And funnily enough, you know, after all the fuss about him playing through the middle, came in a little spell where he'd actually switched out to the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Alexis was in the centre at that point. And Alexis made a, a really, really good header back across goal to set up the chance. Yeah, he got very, very high to get there. We've seen him do that a couple of times this season. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, I was pleased for Walcott. I think he's a player who attracts a lot of cynicism, and, and justifiably so, because he can go missing in games. He, you know, he can uh, draw out those contract negotiations. But he's had a bit of bad luck in his career with injuries. He's missed a couple of World Cups, wasn't involved in the final last year, couldn't even be at the final because of things going on in his personal life. Yeah. And for him to come from nowhere, really, I mean, two weeks ago, there was no chance of him getting a start at Wembley. It seemed unfathomable. And yet he's got into the team, taken that opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm pleased for him because, as I say, he's missed out on a lot Mm. in in the last few years. I mean, hasn't hasn't this season, if anything, taught us about uh, absolutes? There are no absolutes in football that you think... You know something, but, you know, you can just as easily be proved wrong. Uh, Walcott is one. Um, Francis Coquelin, of course. Undoubtedly one, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Hector Bellerin even. Not that that was, he was being I mean, written Nacho off. Nacho Monreal would be an, another one who last season looks half the player he looks now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So, look, 1-0 one in, 1-0 one up going in at the break, and that was... Uh, I think more than merited. And uh, as I said in the blog, I turned around to uh, to Gunnar Hollick, who I was, sit- I was sitting with at the game, um, and said, look, if we score a second goal early in this half, it's it's done. Over mm. and done with. And and then he did that. <laughs> it was incredible. As he, got, as he picked up the ball 30 yards out, I, I did that thing as a fan where you just see a bit of space, and I just said, go on, hit it. But in no world did I expect it to fly in like it did. Holy I, shit. I know, incredible guy. I was actually on the train home speaking to a couple of fans who missed it because they were, you know, inside having a pint or whatever. I was like, I don't think I'd forgive myself if I missed that. There were guys in front of us and they came back in the 58th minute. (laughs) Honestly, they left like a minute before halftime, came back in the 58th minute and then just sort of sat down and were like, so, uh, yeah, what's going on? Uh, Oh, (laughs) 2-0. I was going, yeah, you just missed the fucking best goal you'll ever see in an FA Cup final. What the fuck were you doing? I'd be kicking myself. I mean, honestly. seriously. But what what a goal! What a goal! And what a way to cap an incredible debut season. You know, if we all, I think everyone felt that if if you could have money on one player to score in that final, it's going to be Alexis because he just seems to rise to the occasion whenever you need him to. Mm-hmm. And he did that in some style. That is a, in fact, Sam Dodgin. I'm going to jump to a question. He says, which was better, Alexis's goal on Saturday or Ray Parler against Chelsea in 2002? Alexis. With it beyond any shadow of a doubt. Unquestionably. Like two brilliant goals, but uh, the parlour one is slightly spoiled for me by the fact the keeper gets a little bit of a touch on it. Fair point, actually. That is annoying. You know? And you could make a case for Freddie's goal being a better goal in that final than than, uh, Ray Parler's. I think the thing about the parlour goal is it's a funny goal, isn't it? Because of the whole Lovejoy thing. Oh, yeah, the it's only Ray Parler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, of course, the thing about the Freddie goal is that he he knocks the ball into space and he barges over John Terry. Now, Freddie Jumberg leaves John Terry literally flat in his face. Mm. An Arsenal tradition, really, to leave John Terry flat in his face. Yeah, it's it's good uh, and curled it in. So, for me, 
easily Alexis the best goal uh, in a final, better than better than Ray Parler's. But that's not to say I don't I don't think Ray Parler is uh, is a is a bad goal or anything. It's just not as good for you. Just the, yeah, for me, Alexis, just an incredible strike. I sort of quite liked the shot of Shea Given. I don't know if you've seen after it went in. He he almost was smiling because he was like, well, there's literally nothing I can do about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I was fucking so good. It was so good. Like I liked, I even liked Walcott's reaction. He just kind yeah. of stood there and two arms up in the air, like "Holy fuck, fuck!" <laughs> and I was, I mean, in the stand, it was just like "fucking." Did you fuck? I can't believe I just saw that. Like it's one of those, one of those goals you dream of seeing in a big game, and you know, it's, a, oh, just... it's an instant iconic moment, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, what what a player! What a, what an unbelievable season he's had, and what a way to cap it all off. Mm. And three uh, 0 what was three three 0 was per Mertesacker. Per Mertesacker, he enjoyed that. I was delighted to see that as well. I think he, uh, you know, uh, he had a difficult first half of the season for various reasons. Um, came through it, has been fantastic. Skippered the uh, the team throughout the throughout the second part of the season. Um, not the cleanest header he'll ever make in his life, but. I just like the way he stepped off. I mean, terrible uh, marking from Benteke, but um, yeah, 3-0. And you knew then it was just like... Oh, did you see, by the way, on that goal, what happened to Koscielny? Yeah, he's standing there. He doesn't even like celebrate the goal because he's looking for a penalty. Yeah, I mean, his shirt was literally pulled over his head. I think yeah. it was Ron Vlar. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, um, Mertzaka I was really delighted for because, as you say, slow start to the season. I think he found it hard to readjust <clears throat> Sorry, after the high of winning the World Cup. Yeah. But he's fought back from that brilliantly. As soon as Koscielny came back into the team, he looked a different player. And he's not had a bad 12 months, two FA Cups and a World Cup. So yeah. I think I think he's, that's, that's one for one of the eyes. all right. He, so. might, he might enjoy his holidays. Yeah, he might be a player, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Oli Giroud got in on the act as well. Yeah. Well, you know... The drought is over. The drought is over. We did say that it was the longest drought in his Arsenal career was uh, was uh, eight games, and that was going into this one. And that cost him his place in the cup final. It I mean, that's did. that's the, the the bottom line. It cost him his place in an FA Cup final, and that must have stung. So to come on then and score a goal... Um, and celebrate like it was the goal that actually won it for us. I enjoyed that part. It was it was one of the most Giroud goals of all time as well. Yeah, yeah. Near post run, outside of the left foot, textbook really. Yeah, Oxley Chamberlain with an assist, I guess. Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah, Villa had sort of given up at that point. It seemed to me there was a. Uh, I think it was Hutton chasing back, and he just went, "Oh fuck this." Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, but uh, no sympathy for me. I was obviously delighted. You know, Tim Sherwood. You know my feelings about him. Yes, you must have. But that must have added some special uh, extra sauce to your enjoyment of the oh, day. I s- just sat in the front row of the press conference, just you know, laughing. <laughs> did you did you ask him a question? You should have asked him a question, Tim. Tim. <laughs> Tim. Did you always expect this was going to happen because you're actually terrible at your job? Yeah. Did you? As think an Arsenal was- fan, Tim, you must be delighted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I let him stew on his own. He just drops his players in it and said he's going to sell them all. So yeah, well, I mean that's a that's a good reaction, isn't the it? The mature response. Yeah, I mean, uh, what can you say? I, I think it'll uh, I think it'll stand him in good stead in the long term with those players. You know, to build yeah. that trust. Oh dear, but you know, I, I, to come back to the overall performance, I just thought back to front, 
we were brilliant. And something that's been said about Arsenal is that they don't turn up, you know, big occasions, they can look nervy. Mm. And I don't know if it's because we went there last year and had won it and had that in the bank, but oh, we just I seemed think, so confident. You know? I think that made a huge difference. I yeah. really do. You know, to, to have that experience under your belt, you know, to know that you've you've won it before, that you're capable of doing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't... I always thought that if we played well, we could win it relatively comfortably, but I didn't think we were going to do it quite as comprehensively as we did. I really didn't. And it was just fantastic, and there was a brilliant atmosphere, um, you know, around uh, in the stadium during the game, so much so that I know that there's a lot of uh, complaints about Wembley, uh, and I don't like the whole sort of getting there and getting out of their experience, and it's... I just don't quite like it as a stadium, but I think it was pretty rocking on yeah. uh, on Saturday uh, because of the way that Arsenal played and the way that the crowd fed off that, and it's just brilliant, brilliant buzz. Yeah, and amazing, that sea of yellow had a perfect view of it, and it just looked absolutely brilliant. Arsenal fans were in tremendous voice throughout the game. It was a cracking atmosphere. Mm. It's interesting, you know, we talk about that thing of we won it last year. Someone pointed out to me, it was, who was it? John Strobel on Twitter. Thank you. Six changes in the starting 11 between the two finals. So lots of similar personnel in the squad, but quite a different team in the end. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So Fabianski. Fabianski. Sanya. I guess Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, Podolski started, didn't he? Podolski did start. That's right. Uh, Who else started then that didn't start if we're looking at six changes? I'm not sure. Mertesacker. Sure. Arteta. Oh, yeah, Arteta started. So who's the other one? I don't know. What was the front three? Was it Walcott on the right? Don't no, know. Walcott didn't play, you just said. Remember, he couldn't even go. Oh, yeah, yeah. he just couldn't even walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. Um, don't know. Six changes, apparently. Right. Well, that's, that's a lot of changes uh, to retain that amount of cohesion. It is, and I think that's the progress we've made this season. You know, it's. I think people, that old question, oh, how much progress have we made? I think we've got a better starting eleven now than we did twelve months ago. Yeah, undoubtedly, I would, I would completely agree with that. Um, as far as I can see, there's only five changes. So five. It's, yeah, because Close enough. The team was Fabianski, who's not there. Sanya's not there. Gibbs was on the bench. Arteta was on the bench, and Podolski. So that's five. So six of them started, which was Giroud, Cazorla, Ramsey, Urzel. Cassiani Mertesacker. So, mm. so there but there you go. Look, we're splitting hairs here. Let's we not, are splitting hairs. Let's not worry about it. No, let's keep the hairs that we've got intact. That's yeah. my policy. Yes, quite um, right. <laughs> and so after the game? After the game, we got on a magic bus, which drove us back to uh, to North London, to the Tollington, where there was, there was some beer had in the garden and... Free hugs were dispensed to anybody that wanted a free hug. <laughs> Seriously, I did That's say good. that. I did say that on the podcast on, on Friday that, you know, I'd be free happy hugs. to dispense free hugs uh, should we win the cup. And uh, a number of people took me up on those free hugs. And I had a very I had a very lovely moment. I should tell you about this moment. Go on. <clears throat> Pardon my, my voice. I'm really struggling here. But anyway, we're coming down towards the um, towards where we're supposed to be catching this bus back to the Tollington and... We uh, we encountered some uh, Tollington chums among them, you Geezy Peas, Ricky. Uh, I'm aware of Geezy Peas, yeah. So, go in for the hug. It's like, yay, we won the cup to have the hug, and he gave me this most lovely kiss on the cheek. It was it was a very tender moment. It sounds it. It was. 
It was a moment of one of the moments of the weekend for me. I have to say, it just felt really nice. Just a little peck. Just a little peck on the cheek. There you go. We did it. <laughs> it was all worthwhile for that. In it, a way. it nearly was. That's the real prize, isn't it? That is exactly it. You know, um, just to share those moments with with people that you know want to kiss you on the cheek. It's great. It's lovely. I did. I had a very good time. But yeah, I felt a bit hungover then on Sunday. Very, eventually, very city. well, yeah, eventually, uh, after our flight was delayed for ages, myself and Ars Blog Tom went up there. And uh, yeah. we met Mrs. Bloggs and the Mug Smasher, and we um, we drank some pitchers of margaritas and drank some more beers. And then we came back to uh, to Dublin today, uh, took off in a gale in Edinburgh, took off and uh, landed in a, a gale and a storm in Dublin. So it was all quite bumpy. And after three days of uh, drinking beer and stuff, other things, uh, it was yeah, it was a bit more bumpy than I would have liked. Yeah, but it's June. What's where's the summer? I don't, I know, don't know. I don't know where it is. Honestly, they've mislaid it somewhere. Yeah, this is... uh, I don't know what's going on. But look, fuck it, it'll turn up sooner or later. It was a fantastic weekend. And look, amazing to see so many Arsenal fans that have come from all over the world uh, to to be part of this final, whether they were even going to get a ticket or not. That was Mm. amazing. We met people in the Tollington on on Friday night who came along to... Poland, we met someone. Yeah. Korea, I think. Yes, yes. Not Not even the ones that want to kill you. No, no, no. no. These were friendly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just people from all over just coming. And I'm I'm hopeful. I really hope. Because remember last year someone put together one of these um, videos where they recorded uh, all the bars. Like there was the Arsenal New York. There was the Blind Pig or O'Hanlon's. And there was the bar in Chicago. And there was one in L.A. And there was one in Houston and one in Boston. And then they were mm. putting in coverage from all over the world, Arsenal fan group. So I hope there's a video like that again because uh, they, they were brilliant. And it just shows, um, you know, just shows how much it means to everybody who's following this club wherever they are. I, uh, I went down to the now infamous parade on the Sunday. Did where... you get your... Did, no, hang on a second. What? Did you get your cast wet? <laughs> no, I I had it safely tucked away, don't you worry. You do wrap a plastic shopping bag around it so you can stand out in the yeah. rain, yeah. I look even more like a homeless person than usual. <laughs> um, but I uh, I went there, I was there for Jack Wilshire's expletive-laden rant. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Like, fuck it. Honestly, if people are getting their knickers in a twist over this, you know, I, that song must have been sung... A uh, hundred times uh, around me on Saturday, uh, whether it was in the stand, on the way to the game, on the way out of the game, uh, in the pub afterwards. You know, it was sung, and that was in, in a very small uh, sphere of the Arsenal supporting people who were there. So it must have been sung thousands and thousands of times that day by all all kinds of Arsenal fans. Um, and maybe you could say that, well, you know, a professional footballer should have a bit more decorum. Um, but I say... Fuck off. I mean, <laughs> they wouldn't like that either. But no. I agree entirely. I just think it's so stupid, the whole thing. I mean, I couldn't care less. In fact, I just quite like it. I just like that he's engaged enough with the fan base that he even knows that's a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's great. I mean, it's brilliant because, you know, there are, much as I uh, love some of these players in the Arsenal squad, you know, there are some of them who are quite um, magnolia you know, when it yeah. comes to an interview, it's like, well, you, you know, you get the standard answer and you could probably write it yourself. 
They're eager to not give too much away. No, and they're trained also not to give anything away. Mm. They're trained to make sure that what they say can't really be misinterpreted or, or anything like that. And then Jack comes along, clearly a little bit worse for wear. <laughs> and My favourite thing was that one newspaper claimed he'd been drinking for 24 hours straight, which means he started <laughs> drinking on the morning of the final. <laughs> <laughs> really? Fucking yeah. hell, 24 hours straight. 24 hours straight. So when he came on as a substitute, he was absolutely wasted. Fuck it. Well, that is, if, if that's the case, I'm even more impressed by Jack because I remember one Sunday afternoon before <laughs> I went to play five aside uh, and we had a bottle of wine out in the back garden because it was a sunny day and mm. uh, uh, went to five aside, ran onto the pitch and uh, sort of sprained my ankle before I'd even kicked the ball because I was fucking half pissed. Well, this is it. This is the truth. I mean, what? What I haven't said about my injury at the Emirates is that I had been out very late the night before. So oh. don't dr- don't drink and play football, guys. Oh. There will be consequences. So yeah, that probably affected your coordination and your balance and your uh, tuck and roll skills when you were uh, fucked up in the air. <sighs> Just didn't pull off the tuck and roll. I know exactly. Didn't uh, land it. No. But yeah, the Wilshire thing. I mean, as, apparently he's apologised or, or something. I hope it was one of those sort of fake apologies. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jeez, that's clearly tongue-in-cheek. So. Yeah, one of those where they say, if if what I said offended you, then I apologize. Not that I, <laughs> not that I apologize for saying this, but if you were offended by it, then I apologize. But I say, if you were offended by it, get the fuck over yourself and I shut would- the fuck up. I would agree with that, yeah. uh, with the exception of Spurs fans, who I hope are offended, to be honest. Well, look, you know, they know that Spurs is shit also. Let's face it, they've been... That's why it hurts. <laughs> of course. It's the truth, isn't it? Mm. Someone tells you your acting performance was wooden and stilted, you, you God damn. Well, I saw someone say, look, I'm sure they'll get their own back when they win a trophy. I'm sure they will. <laughs> and we'll, we can then spark outrage on the internet by claiming to be worried about what some player says or other <laughs> like who would it be who would it be who's I their guy know. i can't imagine oh we do know who their guy is but oh. he's an arsenal fan as well harry kane that's the one yeah but imagine maybe he'd just get up and go i think there are too many words in that song for harry kane to to get his teeth around yes Yes. All right. Well, look, do we have anything else to say about the uh, the cup final itself before we take some questions? And before we do take some questions, actually, no, we won't. Uh, I won't do that bit now because 
<laughs> no, I was just, I'm just saying I was going to say something, but it'll make more sense at the bit where I talk about when we're going to take the questions. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we'll, 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 move, we'll leave that. Yeah. Guys, come back after the sting. Something exciting is going to be said. Welcome back to this very special FA Cup winning Arscast Extra. As always, the FA Cup is brought to you in association with the Arscast Extra because it's, it's all down to us that we won it. Um, we did. But what I was going to say that uh, you seem to think is going to be amazing, but it's not, mm. uh, is that in terms of the questions, I noticed a lot of questions about like, so now what do we do for the summer? Now, you know, who do we need to, and all this kind of stuff. And my feeling on this particular podcast is that we should try and keep the focus on the fact that we won the cup. Right. We should wallow. We should... No, bask, I think, is the right word. You oh, did, sorry, yeah. You wallow in misery and you bask in the glory. Bask, I remember this now, bask. Yeah, yeah. like a shark. I, yes. And a wallow is a small underground mammal that has a, a very, very large snout. <laughs> It could be. It is. All I know. Yeah. They are. That, I mean, honestly, you could be having me on, but I'm going to accept that as fact. Yeah, dude, they live They live in um, Cambridge. I want a pet wallow. <laughs> yeah, pet wallow. <laughs> so um, that, that's what I was thinking, because a lo- uh, with no offence to anybody who might have uh, broached this subject with me on Saturday night in the pub, who was like, so what do you think we're going to do this summer? And I understand people are excited because, you know, uh, they see that this uh, this is a building block kind of a thing. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to enjoy winning the FA Cup. And we have got a whole summer to try and make cast out of all the rest of that. So, Well, that's what I was about to say. This sounds like a man thinking, we've got to do a load more podcasts about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, there is, there is, there is an element of that. <laughs> but, you know. We've got a whole summer to get through, guys. Yeah, exactly. So we can have uh, we can have we can have questions that aren't necessarily related to the FA Cup final, but aren't the you know they shouldn't be about like who we're going to buy or who's going to leave or you know any of that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Let's let's try and keep it on the cup then. Okay. Let's bask. Okay. Well, here's one, and I'll start. It comes from uh, Gillespie Road at Arsenal Tube seventy one, and he he wants to know: Does Gunnar Blog have to break a limb on the eve of every big match in future for good luck? I mean, guys, I really hope not, <laughs> because I've only got so many, and I, I worry about the long term consequences. To be honest, but I, I- maybe. Do you think I should take one for the team here? Well, I, I don't think on the eve of every big match. I think that will be asking too much. But uh, cup finals, maybe. Cup finals, I think. Like, if it was, if I said to you right now, James, every time Arsenal get to a cup final for the rest of your life, yeah. they will win if you break a limb on the eve <laughs> or two <laughs> days before the final. How do I have to break it? Like, do I know it's going to happen? Is, does someone come and do it? Or is it just a random incident? Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe you might have to do it yourself. On the podcast? <laughs> yeah, live. <laughs> oh, here's, this is, and this is, uh, this is what it could sound like. Oh, go. God. <laughs> That's bringing back too many memories. But no, I mean, yeah, I think the idea that it would happen, I mean, it wouldn't be in a way... Uh, I think it would be fair to to grant you this. It wouldn't be in a way that would deform you or l- <laughs> make you lose the uh, the use of that limb in any significant way. So let's okay. say it just happens somehow two days before the cup final. 
I mean, you'd be like paranoid as shit, I guess, going out of the house would be watching everywhere. But, you know, yeah. if would you take the pain for a guaranteed Arsenal win in the cup final? The pain is not a problem. It's the recovery. It's the several months of recovery that are the issue to me. Yeah, that's um, a fair point. If, you, if someone said you've got to endure the pain, but then once the final's over, you return to normality... That would be no issue at all. Ah, so hang on. Do you break the do you break the limb and you don't get any of the sweet, delicious morphine for painkillers? Ooh. You see, that's the thing. I would I'll do you this deal. Okay. I would break the limb. Okay. No painkillers. Right. But after the final and the result, it magically heals. So I only have the pain for like forty eight hours. Okay. Is that is that fair? I think that's reasonable. I think Let's th- try it at the next final. Okay, Arsenal, if you're listening, get to another final very very quickly, and yeah. we can we can figure this out. Yeah, all right, brilliant. We can sort of develop some sort of version of Twister where we like spin the thing and it's like right leg hammer. Yeah, and then we just do it. Yeah, and then that's the win. Oh God, again. <laughs> This was a, actually a really nice pencil that I broke, but, you know... <laughs> I, I was wondering what it was. I was like, what's he got? Like, he's just breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we have we have the answer there, folks. Gunnar Blog would sacrifice his limbs and endure the pain for an Arsenal win in a final from now on. I suppose the good thing about the pencil is that when you break it, it's sort of two pencils in a way, isn't it? It is if you don't break it in a, quite a spirally kind of a way. If you just snapped it in half... Ah, right. But I was foolish enough to break it in a way that, yeah. Same with my wrist, to be honest with you. (laughs) I just should have kept it clean. Um, Oh, should we have another question? Yeah. All right, this is a good one. Okay. from Sean Kirby, at Mr. Underscore Curbs. And he asks, so many good performances, but who was your man of the match? Oh, it's so difficult. I was trying to think about this, and... uh, and, uh, at Wembley, they announced it was... Um, Cazorla. Cazorla. And I was like, mm. all right. Yeah, okay. Why not? Why not? He He's was a lovely g- guy. He was good. He was really good. Um, you know, the Alexis goal. <sighs> Jesus. I mean, what a goal. And then I thought I thought probably that might have been Coquelin's best game for Arsenal. He was pretty exceptional. He was outstanding. Like, he really, really wanted to win the cup final. There was that moment after Walcott scored and he was over hugging Walcott, you know, the way he's always the first one over to, like, hug the player who scored and he's like, come on, give it all this. And then I was going, oh, God, look, he's he's so emotional about this. And then I realised he'd hurt his nose again. (laughs) I don't know what he did, but, like, I think his nose is now in need of a transplant. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what it's made of. I think it may have already been transplanted, and it's just made of something very brittle and plasticky because it just collapses at every opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I feel for him. But as much as I love the Alexis goal, and I did, and the way that he played, I, I really, really enjoyed watching Urzel. So that I game. think Urzel was my man of the match. Yeah, I mean, he was so disconsolate at coming off. I was sort of sitting um, above where the benches were and his number went up and he sort of, he walked off and there was that, it was almost if they played that sad music from Arrested Development. <laughs> you know, when they're walking off, so, yeah. he was just so sad looking. 
because well, he, was he, was, playing he was having a lovely well. time. He was having a lovely time. And if he, you know, if he'd taken off, uh, even taken off, I don't know who you could take off because everyone was playing so well to put Wilshire on. Um, but I, I, I thought Urzel was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. So that would be, that would be my one. I think there were just a few moments of where he was just absolutely sublime. I thought just little touches away. It's his first touch. Often the marker can be so close, but he's able to just nick it away into space. But it's difficult. There were brilliant performers all across the team. I mean, the centre-backs aren't going to get a lot of credit because Villa didn't test them, but yeah. I thought Mertesacker and Koscielny dealt with Benteke brilliantly. We heard a lot about his threat in the build-up to the game, but he, he offered almost nothing. Uh, the full-backs, both outstanding, I thought. Monreal particularly, just... It seems like a player transformed to me. His yeah. first touch and the way he attacked as well, got to the byline several times. All through the side. Aaron Ramsey is one we haven't mentioned, who... His energy levels are just unbelievable. And yeah. he was playing on the right-hand side, but it honestly looked like he was... At times, you could have been fooled into thinking he was playing about three different positions. He was covering Bellerin, he was tucking inside to help out Coquelin and Cazorla, yeah. getting up to join the striker. I thought he was exceptional too, but Ozil, yeah, Ozil took the biscuit for me. There were just some moments where your jaw dropped at some of the stuff he did. Mm. Yeah, he was, he was just... Uh, he was brilliant, brilliant. But they all were, I mean... He's nicking a living, Andrew. He is actually. He's very. He's <laughs> like a fucking cat burglar. He's so good at nicking it, though. <laughs> fucking hell, nicking a living. You know the great thing about stuff like that is, is that there's a permanence, you know, to to the internet and stuff. And we all yeah. say stupid things. It's lucky we're time. never wrong, isn't it? It's lucky. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, clearly, Ospina and Giro are going to start the final. Mm, I, yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, all right, here, here's one for you. This one comes from Fax Siraj, at FM Siraj. And he says, who would you have liked to hang around with from the Arsenal team after the final and why? I'm assuming this would be just you kind of chilling out, not necessarily with the whole group, just you and one of them. Quiet oh, dinner. Oh, I see, okay. See? Um, going off for, for dinner. Well, if it's dinner... Maybe Olivier Giroud, a, a romantic candlelit occasion. Mm. Um, you could be his uh, wingman. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a what a partnership, the dream team. Um, who would be fun to hang out with? I think I get the sense that Cochrane maybe he he really does enjoy it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's getting bang into it. He's making up for lost time, definitely. Um, so he would be up there. I think uh, it seems like Jack had quite a good night. Yeah. So, <laughs> might have been fun to be with him. I'm sure you got up to some antics. Yeah. Uh, after the game, maybe Jack actually. Judging by the events of Sunday morning, I think he he was probably having quite an eventful evening. Mm. What about yourself? Uh, good question. Uh, let me big think. Pair. Big pairs are good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I could probably you know drink a beer or two with Per at any a cigar point. maybe. Uh, no, what little voice I have now would have been completely destroyed if I had been smoking cigars or anything like that. So Fair no, play. you know, and it's not good for my uh, my athletic prowess. That's you know, true. I'm a, you're I'm you're a sportsman. Yeah, a finely tuned machine, and I wouldn't <laughs> like to do anything. To disrupt that, like drinking for three days straight or anything. Sure. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, that would be good. I'd say I'd say Santi is quite good as well uh, because I, I reckon myself and Santi Gazorla would have that great thing where when you're not necessarily fluent in a language, but you can speak enough of it 
Like, I think my Spanish at this point, having not lived there for so long, would be really, really rusty. But after about four or five beers, I'm, I'm like, super fluent. I can conjugate verbs and tenses that don't even exist. I know what you mean, yeah. And I think Santi would be a bit like that, too, that his English, you know, everything is, you know, he's got to get the word important into every interview that he ever does. Uh, you know, to say that for us it was very important, whatever the interview is. I don't know what it could be about anything else. Um, but I'd say after a few beers, he'd loosen up. And he'd be like speaking perfectly terrible uh, English and I'd speak perfectly terrible Spanish. And it could be a conversation for the ages. It'd be lovely to see. Mm. I think I think you'd get on a treat. Yeah. So uh, Santi's got a lovely habit. I don't know if you saw his himself the game, but in his English, he ends all his sentences by going no. <laughs> so he makes a statement. He goes, "It was great to win the final." No. Yeah. It's very adorable little yeah. inflection. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's. I think that's quite. Um, I, I do that a bit in Spanish sometimes. Yeah. It's, I think you know if, if you, yeah, you exactly. want to be understood. That's it. It's a way of sort of clarifying what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But to me, it just cemented his status as the world's most adorable footballer. <laughs> Someone get that man a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, right. Lovely. Well, that's the, the plans for the evening sorted. Do you want another question? Sure. 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 Um, transfers. All about transfers. Okay. Well, this sort of this sort of uh, counts. This is from Steve Moore at Steve Moore four one one six. Always good for a question. Always good for a question, Steve. Okay. He says, and I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, post-Saturday, do you shench one last shot at salvation for Szczesny next season? <laughs> I suspect there's a lot of Zs in there. A lot of Zs there? in there. Zs and Cs. A lot of Zs and Zs and Cs. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows? Um, as I said earlier, you know, you can't be definitive and say, well, he's definitely finished. Um, Were you pleased for him to get the start after, after last year, having missed out? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it, but I was glad to see it because I like him. I think he's a, I think he's a good goalkeeper. He's come out with a fairly unequivocal statement, hasn't he, about um, about mm. his intentions, wanting to stay, yeah. wanting to stay, and to work harder and do better and and everything like that. So I don't know. It really depends on on Arsene Wenger whether he feels that. This experience for for Chesney might might buck up his ideas mm. ahead of next season. I don't know, but I mean, I think the general consensus is that everybody wants us to sign a goalkeeper, and I don't think we can have three goalkeepers um, of that stature at the club. Somebody's got to go. Perhaps so I don't know, but we're 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 verging into territory that we we probably we probably shouldn't. We're steering into the summer, aren't we? Yeah. Well, let's 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 veer away and leave it as. I'll tell you what, though. What about this? If Chesney, if we had a Premier League game next week, do you think Chesney would have done enough to to push in ahead of Aspina, given how Aspina played against West Brom on the final? I don't day? know because he didn't necessarily do anything. Yeah, he didn't have to. You know, he was pretty chilled out back there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was still one moment I think where he had the ball at his feet and the striker was running at him, and I was terrified he was going to do one of his drag backs. <laughs> he still found time for one. Yeah. You know, he's he's you know, I I like him. I like him, but you know. Uh we we'll we'll have to wait and see what the manager's plans are uh this summer. Go on then, your question. Uh this one comes from uh a number of people. Uh this one in particular comes from Mr. Chris Evans Esquire at 
Chris Evans, Chris with a K. Mm. And he wants to know, what do you think of Tottenham? (laughs) Well, despite my fear of, you know, sparking fury amongst the British media, um, I would have to say, shit. Well, based on that answer then, taking all that that entails into account... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really curious as to what you think of shit. Hmm. No, that is a, no, that is a good question. I mean, I don't want to leap to conclusions, but I'd, I'd have to say, I'd have to say Tottenham. I think. Thank you. It's quite all right. Quite all right. Right. Uh, whatever anyone says. And uh, <laughs> let's go for another one. This one is from Fax Siraj. Like that name straight away. Have you and- forgotten that we just did a question by Fax Siraj? Has he got another question? Has he got another question? Yeah, we have, yeah. Wow. Wow, big day if you're Faxiraj. Not only are you named after one of the top 11 ways of sending information in an electronic format, you've got two questions. I think this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Never happened before. Wow. I mean, screw the FA Cup. This is the real prize. So, Faxiraj asks, <laughs> um, because I don't know if you know this, but this is what happened. He says, what do you think Tim Sherwood was doing locked in the changing room with his team after the final? I would say Tim Sherwood sat them all down and took his cock out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is, that the, is that the end of it? or No. I think it should be. No. But, all right. He said to them, I want you to look at this. Look at it. Benteke, get your eyes off the floor, you fucker. Look at this. If you if you don't want to see this every fucking week, then you better fucking play better than you did today. The ones of you that are going to be let... Grealish, eyes on the cock right now. Please, sir, no. The ones of you that are going to be here next season, and that's not many of you because I'm going to sell you all. I'm going to bring you down to a fucking Sunday car boot sale and flog you all off. But if you're here next season and you don't want to see this mighty thing in your faces, you fucking, you play better than that. Because this is nothing, not my fault that you lost the FA Cup final. I'm certainly not tactically inept. My my answer to being fucking 2 nil down in an FA Cup final, or 3 nil down in an FA Cup final, I brought on Gabriel Agbonlahor. So who's the fucking assholes here? Look at the cock! That's what I think he said. I'm, and I'm just speculating. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Faxaraj got on twice. I think it was worth it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Um, I did have another question there. Um, but I can't remember what it was. I kind of got carried away with the whole cock thing. I mean, you really did, but I think it was, you know, it was important that we knew what happened behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to talk about my one of my favourite moments of the game. Go on. The bit, where, the bit where Chesney, this is obviously to do with Tim Sherwood's tactical ineptitude. No, sorry, the players who certainly, you know, didn't carry out his uh, hyper-intelligent instructions. instructions well enough. Mm. But that bit where at two nil up and Chesney's got the ball at his feet just outside our uh, just outside our box, and everyone's dropped off into midfield. He has the ball, 
touches the ball slightly, and then just kind of stands there like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would I kick it? I'm not going to kick it. Yeah. I'm just going to stand here until one of you Aston Villa players just, you know, makes an effort. And you do realise that. You do realise if you don't come and get this ball, we will just win the game. Yeah. That's basically what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. I'll stand here for like fucking 32 minutes or however left was long or however long was left. I'll just stand here and then we'll win. And it'll be the, probably the greatest 32 minutes of FA Cup football anyone has ever seen. Eventually, <laughs> eventually some fucking Villa wanker went forward like, oh, God, I suppose, suppose I better go and just have a look here. Oh, look, he's kicked it over my head now. Oh, fuck. Uh, but that was that was absolutely hilarious. That was <laughs> one of was. my favourite bits. Do you know one of my favourite moments? This is a, a little bit sentimental, maybe. But when um, at the full time whistle, I always worry about the players who aren't involved in the final. I always sort of think, how do they feel about that? But Kieran mm. Gibbs, who didn't play a single kick of the game, was going absolutely mental on the sidelines. Like literally, he stood in the tunnel hugging every member of the Arsenal staff ran on the pitch, celebrated with all the players, and that was sort of replicated throughout the squad, really. Yeah. And I just think that that was so great to see, that level of team spirit and camaraderie, you know? Yeah, it was good. Although I did notice that um, Thomas Rosicki seemed a little bit, you know... Yeah, he did seem a little bit down. Distant, didn't he, from... He was standing off to the side at one point, and uh, Tom mentioned to me that, he, you know, everyone's, like, going mental, spraying champagne all over each other, and, and Rosicki was, you know, just a little bit... A little bit on the side of it, but you know, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to include everyone in that squad. There's some big players, you know, missed out. Mm. Um, yeah, it's tricky. But for the most part, I thought that's just really pleasing to see. And, and also, guys like Giroud didn't play, but you know, didn't sulk about it. Was as happy as anyone at the full time whistle. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting as well. Some of the players spoke about that, didn't they? That they said, look, you know, you've got to include all the players who've made an impact and, and played a part in the FA Cup run. You know, because you can think back to Rosicki's brilliant goal and the, the no-look pass. Remember the one that Phil Neville said he would have two-footed him for? Yeah, Brighton was that. Yeah, yeah, that was a Brighton. And, you know, and so... They, they Danny Welbeck at Old Trafford, of course. You know, yeah. Big contributions from a lot of players over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I, do you know what I saw? I saw a little bit of the BBC's build-up. Um, normally, when, when the Cup was... Um, some years ago, you used to get like six or seven hours of build-up and you'd be on the coach. But they did this thing. It was called um, the FA Pup. Right. I don't know if you saw it. But they had, uh, is this real or is yeah, this like no, they, another wind-up? No, it's real. They had like uh, three three Labrador puppies from Arsenal and three Labrador puppies from Aston Villa. And the Arsenal puppies, one was called Wufcek Szczesny. I can't remember the second one. But the other one was called Danny Welbark, which nice. I quite liked. Nice. I don't know who won in the end. The, the puppies, they had them Paul dressed Mertesacker. in the shirt. Paul Mertesacker. Could have been. Can't think though, um, but it was good. And of course, puppies and football are a fantastic miss. mix. Yeah. Mix, <laughs> and did mix. That, and did Arsenal triumph in that version? I think it was a draw, right? Because they didn't want to upset any of the puppies. I believe this is a Super Bowl thing. I, I, I think this happened with the Super Bowl as well. That oh, they really? Put helmets and shoulder pads on puppies and make them run at each other. Yeah. Okay. But okay. you know, glad glad to see that that tradition has crossed the Atlantic. Yeah. All right, okay, one final question okay. for the weekend that's in it. Um, and it comes from Clinton de Montel at Clinton. And he wants to know, would you eat a pie made of John Terry's toes if it meant he could never kick a football again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Like, would it, de- would it depend on how they were cooked? Like, exactly. Would you... Like, have they, like, got the nail on? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think that you would put nail in a, in a pie. Why, no good chef would do that. Like so you... it's just, like, minced meat. Yeah. I mean, I've never eaten human flesh. That might surprise you. They can't be that bad, can it? It probably just tastes like chicken, like everything. Yeah. I would do it. I, th- I think at the end of the day, you've got to kick John Terry out of football, whatever it takes. If, it, if it's a couple of days of indigestion, so be it. Wow. Barely You're... a second thought. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm salivating. Bring me the pie. This is a, you know, I think if anyone... Um... Put his head in it. <laughs> I honestly couldn't give a shit. <laughs> if anyone of a, uh, I, I guess, a psych- psychiatric uh, bent is listening to this <laughs> podcast, they might think that you're quite a disturbed individual given the fact that, you know, you would break your own limbs in order for a cup yeah. final win and cannibalize a man who's going to retire in a couple of uh, seasons anyway. Probably should have said at the top, I am on an awful lot of painkillers at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, but mine yeah. is, um, it's red and it comes from Sicily, so. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, look, um, I think we're going to have to leave it there for this particular Arscast Extra. I know it's been a long time coming for the people who have been waiting and were expecting it this morning, but unfortunately, we can't do podcasts when I'm in the air, flying or, you know, that kind of stuff. Maybe next season. Maybe, Maybe next, next season. season. Uh, hopefully it's been worth the wait. Hopefully you enjoyed and are still enjoying the uh, the FA Cup win. You're basking in it with your pet wallow. Perfect. The perfect combination. Exactly. All right. Well, we will be here and we'll try and keep things going as much as possible during the summer. I'm going on holidays, though, so I might not be able to do one of the weeks. It'd be weird if I do it on my own, to be honest. It would be, because nobody would answer your questions. No, I'd just be sort of screaming into the void. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. But we're going to keep it going for the majority of the summer anyway. Um, we'll talk to you then on next week's Arscast Extra when we can do all the stuff about transfers and who stays and who goes and who we might buy and who we might not buy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The future. The future. Oh, all right. Uh, so until the next one. Uh, see, I've, I've forgotten how to speak. It's been a big weekend. Yeah. We won the cup, guys. We won the cup. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.